When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Thank you very much, Jonathan. We welcome into the show now Matthew Collar, Courtney Cronin here on Purple Daily. We welcome in Bill Barnwell of ESPN, who I'm sure is very busy these days. And we're hoping that we don't get <laughs> official Tom Brady news and you have to run and write 7,000 words about it. Bill, how are you? Hey, how's it going? Um, it's crazy. It's just nuts. Uh, I, I gotta tell you. So yesterday, I mean, if just Kirk Cousins had signed an extension, that would have been an entire day's worth of work. But then Anthony Harris gets franchise tagged and now might be traded. Uh, they re-signed a foot, uh, fullback, a punter, and then Stefan Diggs gets traded just as I'm about to watch Better Call Saul. So it was a, <laughs> a really wild day. I want to start with you with the Stefan Diggs trade to Buffalo. Uh, Bill, I think in a bubble, it's a good return. But anytime you are pretty much forced to trade a really, really excellent football player, that's not great for your team. So what was your reaction? My reaction was, if this was going to happen, which it seemed like for the better part of at least a year, if not two years now, it was on the verge of happening or it was rumored to be happening, I think this was the right time. I think you get a an opportunity to replace Stephon Diggs in the draft if you're so inclined. This was a fantastic draft class, an incredibly deep draft class for wide receivers. So you can possibly have, you know, uh, with two first-rounders, two third-rounders, they can trade down if they want to. Uh, They should be able to get at least one receiver who can hopefully step into their rotation behind Adam Thielen. Uh, you mentioned the CJ Ham signing. This is a place where now they can transition to using more, uh, 12 personnel, more 22 personnel and get bigger players on the field and not need that second whiteout quite as frequently. I think it aligns with what they want to do on offense. And obviously, you know, losing Stefan Diggs, not ideal. I mean, he's a great player. I think you want to try and make him work within your organization, but it sort of felt like a fresh start might be good for both sides. Can he win in Buffalo? I know that they were a playoff team last year, but he goes from Kirk Cousins to Josh Allen as his quarterback, and Josh Allen has more accuracy issues than a lot of quarterbacks in this league. Like, What is he walking into there? Certainly he gets to be the number one, so great, box checked. But the type of situation, is it going to be as roses and, and you know green grass as maybe he thinks it's going to be? I think at first, but I think there's going to be a honeymoon period, and then there's going to be 
you know, that game where he doesn't get the ball as much as he wants or the passes he gets are not especially accurate. And how he handles that situation is going to be a real test for Stephon Diggs and for the Buffalo Bills. And, hey, remember, everyone has lauded the Bills for building a great culture in Buffalo, and they have. Two playoff runs in three years for a Bills team that was going nowhere before Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean got there. And pretty much every move they've made, has gone well. One exception was they almost traded for Antonio Brown last offseason. Ended up getting John Brown, Cole Beasley. Their offense looked very good. Now, you ask Stephon Diggs, obviously it's a huge talent upgrade, but is he going to upset that culture? And if the Bills do struggle, even if it's not Stephon Diggs' fault, is he going to be the one who gets blamed for the Bills not having as good of a season in 2020 as they had in 2019? This is always a, a tough one for me, uh, Bill, when people ask me about Diggs and the culture issue and whether he's a good teammate, because teammates, they love playing with Stefan Diggs because of his competitiveness and the effort that he brings. And in some ways, I look at it, I don't know how much of a basketball guy you are, but like Jimmy Butler here, where it's like Stefan was right, though. Like, so, I mean, I know he was upset, and I know some things that he did I would not co sign to, but he was also right. Like, if you're building around a running back, that's not really the way to do it, especially when your quarterback is really expensive. And if your quarterback is afraid to throw the ball up for you and instead wants to check down to the fullback in key situations, you're right to be pretty upset there. So when he goes to Buffalo, yeah, it might not work out with Josh Allen, but I also think that that Buffalo team, now if Tom Brady is out of the division, has a pretty darn good chance to win the division next year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, um, I think Stefan's going to grow up to some extent. I mean, obviously, you know, he's going to give the people there an opportunity to prove themselves to him. I think that, you know, he's going to be, you know, a rational person. And I think at the end of the day, I mean, this is a you know, a player who is set financially, who does not have to prove himself, who wants to get the ball a ton. But every receiver wants to get the ball a ton. Every receiver, even every good receiver, has that in them where, hey, I want to get the ball in every key situation. I want to make plays, you know, not just for me, for myself, but also for the good of my football team because I'm going to do a better job of marching the ball downfield than checking the ball down to that slowback. So, um, you know, I, I think we're going to have to see how that balance works. I think it's going to be a situation where, you know, we might see some blow-ups here and there, but can Sean McDermott do a better job of managing those blow-ups and, and sort of, you know, normalizing them and making it, making it be part of a, a winning situation as opposed to sort of, you know, denormalizing them and making them seem like it's a big problem the way that Mike Zimmer did at times. I think that it's, you know, different coaches handle those situations differently. Bill, where do you see the Vikings right now? I know that there are a lot of people panic that, oh, man, they're headed towards a rebuild and they just paid Kirk Cousins all this money, three more years of this, blah, blah, blah. But also in that same vein, you just paid Kirk Cousins all that money. How can you not believe that this team thinks it's in win-now mode and can still maintain win-now mode despite shipping off one of its star players for a Hall of Picks? I think they're in great shape. You know, I think this is a very talented football team. Still work to do, of course, along the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football, you know, on the offensive line, on the defensive line, in terms of what happens with Everson Griffin. Of course, in the secondary, they have to, you know, rebuild a cornerback. Their cornerbacks were terrible last year, and they were still a 10-win team. They still made it to the uh, divisional round of the NFC playoffs, still beat the Saints in New Orleans. It looked like they were a juggernaut uh, heading into the playoffs. I mean, this is a team that was so good on offense for chunks of the year. It was so good in terms of creating pressure when they needed to in those playoff games uh, before the sort of second half of that Niners game. I mean, it is a 
a team where the top-level talent is so good that if they stay healthy and they're productive, they are a Super Bowl contender to me. But having all those guys stay healthy and stay productive is tough. So I think that this trade of Stephon Diggs could add some valuable depth to those holes in the roster. So you don't have to rely on, say, Andrew and Sandejo coming back to play a meaningful role uh, in the slot in the postseason. They can add, they can use those five early picks to add meaningful players to this roster. Well, when those injuries do happen, the Vikings could have a better shot of competing with the guys they have as backups and third stringers. See, I look at it, Bill, much more like 2021 would be the year that they would be able to be back to being legitimate contenders if they hit on some of these draft picks. Because, well, it is nice to be able to draft, say, two cornerbacks to add to your um, completely empty stable. Asking those players to step in right away and be great is a pretty tough task. And I think history shows us um, that the 22nd and 25th pick, even recent Vikings history, oh, yeah, Laquan Treadwell will just take over that role, as <laughs> right? And, hey, Mike Hughes, he's our next cornerback. And, and those guys um, so far have not worked out uh, when they were supposed to step in right away and uh, be able to fill in. So that's my biggest question because I'm looking at this much more like when Kirk Cousins has had weapons taken away, that he is not as good. The 2017 season is a good example of that. They didn't protect him as well. Deshaun Jackson left, Pierre Garçon left, and all of a sudden he's a 7-9 and nine quarterback. I tend to lean more toward that for their 2020 season unless there's something else big coming. That makes sense. I mean, the only thing I would say is that I'm not sure, even if you get your average first-round pick rookie cornerback, even if you get Mike Hughes from his rookie season before he got hurt, I think that's a step better than what we saw from Xavier Rhodes last year, what we might have seen from Trey Waynes at times last year, um, or, or the general cornerback play they had last year. I, I think that, you know, those guys could be better than, than what we saw in some places last season. And outside of wide receiver, I mean, you know, I, I don't think, you, or cornerback, you don't have to necessarily have those guys step in as day one starters. It might just be them developing into roles as the season goes on. And, you know, there are still a lot of reasonably young players on this roster who, you might expect to get better. Derek Bradbury, I would expect to be better in year two than he was in year one. Brian O'Neill, when healthy, I would expect to be better in, in year three than in year two. Irv Smith should play a bigger role in year two than year one. So I think the hope is that even though I, I agree with your point that you can't rely on those guys to be instant impact players, you'd hope that some of the other players that were breaking through would improve, and then the guys who were drafted this year might be good in ancillary roles or rotation roles and not, and not have to be the primary focus at their respective positions. So we talked about one receiver trade. Uh, I'd like to get your take just because my brain still can't just can't fathom what's going on in Houston right now. Um, I guess maybe one is one way to look at this is this is what an experienced general manager, somebody who you know isn't splitting his time between coaching and being a general manager. It's how you do business. Um, and then the way that the situation unfolded with DeAndre Hopkins going to Arizona for. David Johnson's $10.2 million guaranteed salary and a second and fourth round pick. Can, can you, can you rationalize it at all? Can you just, can you try to make me feel like I'm not crazy? Because I honestly feel crazy talking about this and I just don't, don't understand it. You don't think this is a win for the Texans? <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't think this is a clear, great move for the Texans? Here, if I'm going to rationalize it, here is how I'm going to rationalize it. And I sound, I, I feel very stupid even trying to do this, but I'm going to try it here. You would figure this is the best draft for wide receivers 
maybe in the last 15 years. That is the reputation and, and the depth with which this draft class has coming out. So you'd figure it's going to be a deep class of receivers. You can use one of the picks. I think they have two twos now and one three. Use one of those picks, draft a player who, in the long run, is going to figure in as part of your replacement for DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins had been reportedly requesting a new contract with three years to go before free agency. That is tough to pull off. Uh, I mean, Julio Jones tried to do it, ended up getting a deal with two years to go before free agency. Maybe they would have done it. I think it's hard to say, but you know, if you don't think DeAndre Hopkins is a player who's going to age well and you want to get ahead of trading him, I think maybe you look towards making that trade. Now, granted, the other side of this in terms of compensation, in terms of picking up David Johnson's underwater contract is terrible, and there's no way to possibly justify it. I can't even pretend to play devil's advocate there, but I, you know, Bill O'Brien is someone who came up under Bill Belichick, and Bill Belichick historically has been very comfortable trading wide receivers when their price tag has been more than he's comfortable paying. It happened with Terry Glenn when he first got there. It happened with Deion Branch, and it happened with Randy Moss. When they were not useful to him, Bill Belichick traded them. I think the problem is Bill O'Brien traded the guy who is still incredibly useful in DeAndre Hopkins. How did he not get a first-round pick, though? That's what I'm really confused by. Like, I don't get it. That's the thing. Right. Like, like If you're the Bills and you're making that offer they just made for Stephon Diggs, which I think is reasonable. I, I think it was a, a, a win-win trade for both sides in terms of what they needed, where they are in their, their different roster constructions. Wouldn't you be comfortable making that same offer for DeAndre Hopkins? You'd think. I, I can't believe that they didn't get more. I mean, getting a running back is just hilarious. <laughs> it's just... Getting a running back... A running, running back, running back, back off injury. Contract, Coming off the injury, he was not been good in two years, who has $13 million guaranteed over the next two years, who, honestly, I thought the Cardinals were going to have to package a third or fourth round pick mm-hmm. just to get his his salary off their roster. Um, it, it wouldn't it, make any sense if it was so a good running back. Incredible. If it had been a great running, running back, back, it wouldn't make sense. Right. If it had been Ezekiel Elliott, I would be like, okay, well, that's a bad trade, but at least it's trading a star for a star. And right. Bill O'Brien just doesn't know how positional scarcity works. It, it, it's, it, the example I gave in my column was, it's like, you know, someone offered you $1,000 for your VHS copy of Mr. Deeds, and then Steve Kahn <laughs> had the audacity, audacity to try and swap fourth-round picks as part of the trade, and Bill O'Brien agreed to it. It's incredible. <laughs> it is, it is the, it, it is the, I'll tell you what. I mean, you guys are on the internet. You deal with trolls. You deal with contrarian people. I did the same thing. I have not seen a single person, a single person, even ironically, suggesting <laughs> this is a good trade for the Houston Texans. The most died in the wool, hardcore Texans fans have not been like, oh, this is a good trade. That's how bad it is. Even the internet agrees it's a bad trade. <laughs> Usually, I, who knew that Bill O'Brien could bring the internet together? Now, if he could get people to wash <laughs> their hands and stay out of public. Um, so this uh, from your two uh, people's cohort, Adam Schefter, the latest on Tom Brady. He says, I am also told there are more teams than people realize. Teams have gone through the scenario if they're better with their current quarterback or better with Tom Brady, which means the Vikings are trading cousins and signing Brady. Does it not, Bill? <laughs> I mean, I believe, according to uh, your co-host, there's no no trade clause in right. That's right. Just saying. And, to my understanding, it's yes, waived in 2020, so it starts now. Yes, and I mean, Kirk Cousins' deal is structured in such a way where in the past, 
or where it is reasonably tradable. Now they still have a lot of dead money. I don't think this is going to happen, but I mean, there are a lot of teams who I think are going to sit here and say, Hey, this is our chance to make a move. If we're going to make a move, if you're the Bears, for example, you know, like, are we going to be really committed to Mitch Trubisky if Tom Brady is out there? I, you know, I, I, I think the Chargers and Buccaneers are still the favorites. I wouldn't shock me if the Buccaneers signed him tomorrow. But then again, yesterday, if they asked me this question at the same time, I said, oh, he's definitely signing with the Patriots. And now, obviously, things have totally changed. So who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Who's the uh, Patriots quarterback, Bill? Oh, boy. Are you asking me, like, who do I think it's going to be after they add someone? Or are you just asking me, like, a trivia question? Like, like do I know who the backup is? <laughs> it because is Michael Bishop. Michael Bishop is the quarterback. That's right. Rohan Davey is ready to step <laughs> in. Davey. The Patriots is here. Good poll. Uh, it Good is Garrett Sidham, who is a a pro, you know a project quarterback, took a big uh, step backwards in his last year at Auburn. Um, That's you know, exciting. Work out great. I don't know. I don't know if anybody knows if he's going to be good or not. But I mean, we saw Cam Newton hit the trade market today. Uh, we, we we've seen you know Teddy Bridgewater come off the market, Marcus Mariota come off the market, Ryan Tannehill come off the market. Uh, but a lot of guys out there who are still reasonable possibilities for the Patriots. So they don't have a ton of cap room. They've really used a lot of their cap space in the first couple of days with franchising Joe Thune, possibly for a sign and trade and signing Devin McCourty. But, you know, I mean, could they hijack the Philip Rivers move the, Col- the Colts seem to be making? Uh, could they, you know, go after a trade candidate like an Andy Dalton? Those, you know, that, that's not an exciting name for Patriots fans, but mm-hmm. it's probably better than starting a rookie who has only played a handful of snaps. So, uh, there's not a good way to replace Tom Brady. Well, the, the best, Patriots are going to have to find a way to do it. The best part, Bill, is that it's not even close to over. I mean, sometimes the, no. we get a hot first day, and then we sort of just peter out after that. We have a long way to go, and we here in Sports Talk Radio need that at the moment. So yes. it's uh, exciting times. Yes, nice to have something to talk about as we're all sitting here at home or, or in the studio. But, uh, yeah, I hope you guys are staying safe and washing your hands. Yeah, same to you, Bill. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time um, on a very busy day, I'm sure, for you. And we'll talk to you again soon, man. Anytime, guys. Yep, take care. Bill Barnwell there. You can follow him. Uh, all of his work on ESPN does uh, incredible breakdowns now. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Tread. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.